We've been doing it on Wednesday nights, but uh, just seemed like the Lord would not let me get away from this yesterday, and I uh, just want to do my best to be obedient uh, to the will of the Lord. I'll not go quite as in-depth as we have been on Wednesday nights. I want to kind of take a, and preach a little, um, preach a message, not so much part of the study, but preach a message out of the book of Jude this morning, and uh, just seemed like the Lord wouldn't let me get away from it. Uh, but when you find your places there in the book of Jude, if you can't enable you, stand with us this morning in honor and reverence to the reading of the word of the Lord. And we'll begin reading in verse number one and uh, want to read down to about verse five this morning. Bible said in verse number one, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Now, verse 4, you remember last Wednesday, I believe it was, we looked in detail at verse 4 in the description that Jude gives us uh, of these men. I said, for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old, or, or who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I told you last week that verse 4 ends the first section of the book of Jude. It ends the introduction, if you would. Then in verse 5, things begin to change. He begins to deal with things differently than he did in the first four verses. Notice what your Bible said. I will therefore, because of these men, now notice that, because of these men, because of everything that he said, therefore he's going to put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believe not. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I should do love you. Lord, I'm thankful for the privilege, God, the honor to be back in your house. Lord, I thank you for the good service we had yesterday. Lord, I thank you for what you did in the heart and lives of the men that were able to come. And Lord, this is another time. This is another service. And Lord, I pray just for a little while, would you use us? Lord, I pray that, uh, Lord, you give me unction, give me utterance this morning. Lord, I realize I have no preaching made. I pray just for a little while, Lord, you'd help me take the, the, your word and apply it our hearts and lives. Lord, give me the words that the people stand in need of. Lord, I pray if there be one in the midst today lost or done without you. Lord, I pray you'd save them for it's everlasting too late. Do that which only you can. We'll be careful this morning. Give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory for we ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. You be seated. Thank you for standing this morning. Now, uh, we've, we've looked pretty in-depth so far in our study of the book of Jude uh, at the first four verses, but now we've come to uh, a change in the text. Now it's uh, no longer, he's, not, he's no longer telling us uh, uh, so much what's happening now, but he's telling us of things that uh, have happened in the past, beginning in verse 5. Uh, notice what he said there in verse 5. The Bible said, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this. Now, he begins in verse 5. He tells us there's going to be some things that he wants to put us in remembrance of, some things that we once knew. Uh, uh, but then he begins to give us descriptions and give us examples uh, and to give us some pictures, you could say, uh, of apostasy using Old Testament 
events. He's taking things that have happened and making application uh, to what he's dealing with now. Now, there's much we look at there. Verse 6, he deals with the angels that which kept not their first estate. Uh, verse 7, he deals with Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, verse number 9, he deals with Michael the archangel uh, when contending with the devil about the body of Moses. Uh, uh, in verse 10, he deals with... Uh, 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 verse 11, well, uh, verse 11, he deals with Cain, uh, uh, the way of Cain. Now, there's several things that he deals with uh, here in this next section, but I'm interested in what verse 5 said. Uh, he says, he's going to put us in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believe not. Now there's something uh, uh, that Jude wants to remind us of, something that uh, John has value to us uh, uh, to remember about the children of Israel. He said, I want you to remember, though you once knew this, uh, uh, that at one point God saved the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. We know that this morning, that God uh, brought them out of Egypt. We know that. Uh, uh, but then he said, but don't forget that those that believe not he also destroyed. Isn't that right? So uh, I, I said all that to say this. I'll not be before you just a moment uh, this morning, but I want to preach with the help of the Lord on this thought. Uh, a reminder of rebellion. Jude said, there's some things I want to put you in remembrance of. I want to remind you of some things that he deals with. Uh, uh, the children of Israel, how that they rebelled uh, uh, against the Lord. Now, uh, let me show you a few things quickly, and we'll go to the house. <coughs> Notice with me, if you would, the reminder. Bible said in verse 5, I will therefore, because of everything that he's talked about in verse 1 through 4, therefore I put you in remembrance, though you once knew this. Now, I, I want you to stay with me just a minute, all right? We're going to get into some things here in a minute, but I, I want you to catch something about this reminder. Uh, Jude is not referring to us, Ronald. He's not teaching us something that we've never known. That's not what he said. He said, I want you to remember. I want to put you into remembrance. How, what he said, he even went on to say, though you once knew this. What he said was, there's something that you already know, uh, uh, but if you're not careful, you'll fail to remember it. You'll let it uh, slip out of your mind, I guess you could say. It uh, becomes something that's not important to us. Uh, and so we see he reminds us, Leona, uh, uh, of some things that we know uh, uh, if we think about it. Now, uh, he's getting ready to tell us about the children of Israel. We know that, uh, uh, we know we've looked at it before, how the Old Testament uh, uh, is full of pictures and types. And uh, we know there's always lessons that can be gleaned uh, uh, from these stories, and that's what Jude's saying. He said, there's some lessons, uh, there's some things that you would know uh, uh, if you would just remember. Now you say, preacher, what did he remind them of? Well, we see the reminder, uh, but then I want you to notice with me the redeeming. Notice what he said. Though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt... 
Jude said, listen, if you'd be real careful. Now, remember who he's writing to. Uh, he's writing to those that have been sanctified by God the Father, uh, right, preserved in Jesus Christ and called. He's writing to those that are saved by the grace of God. And he said, you used to know that God uh, uh, saved the people of Israel, uh, the, uh, saved the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. You used to know that. You used to remember that. You used to know those things. Uh, hey, what he was doing, Wendy, he was reminding Reminding us uh, of the redemption of God. There's no greater, uh, I'd almost be said, there's no greater uh, picture of the redemption plan of God uh, than the children of Israel in the Old Testament. Uh, I mean, everything about it, John, points to Christ. Everything uh, uh, the way, I mean, you think about it, now listen to me, uh, uh, their entire life almost. Uh, uh, think about this. Think about uh, how that the Lord called them out of the land of the earth. The Chinese called Abraham, uh, living in a and made a, na- a great nation out of him. Uh, think about how that he re- allowed Joseph to uh, be sold into slavery and how that his brothers uh, uh, betrayed him and his very brethren, his very family uh, uh, sold him into slavery and he ended up in Potiphar's house and, and the pit and the prison and all that uh, and became Lord of all of Egypt. Uh, 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 everything about the children of Israel uh, uh, points back to Christ. Everything uh, uh, as they wandering in the wilderness and the Lord laid out uh, the, the description of the tabernacle uh, uh, let me just I know this doesn't go with the message that good but I just like it uh, uh, you know what the tabernacle was modeled after uh, it wasn't modeled after any other building any other tent any other structure uh, it was modeled after the Lord Jesus Christ did you know that uh, uh, everything God told them to do pointed uh, and portrayed Christ uh, he was the inspiration for the tabernacle uh, uh, everything about the children of Israel uh, uh, points back to the Lord. So uh, Jude said, I want you to remember uh, that the Lord saved the people uh, out of the land of Egypt. He said, I want you to remember, I want to remind you and put you in remembrance uh, of the redemption of God. Isn't that right? Uh, uh, now there's a lot to cover right there. Uh, and we're going to spend probably several weeks going through some of this. Uh, uh, but I'm just going to kindly hit the highlights this morning. All right. Uh, but he said, remember the redeeming uh, of the people of the, of the land of Egypt. Uh, uh, now, uh, there's much that we could look at. We go all the way back to when Abraham was uh, called out of the land of the Chaldees. We could look at that. Uh, uh, we could look at the life of Joseph. We could look at uh, how that he raised up Moses and what a picture that is. Uh, uh, we could look at all the plagues on the land of Egypt. Uh, uh, we could look about how that God's parted the Red Sea. Uh, all that is a picture, John, of how uh, that he brought them out of the land of Egypt. But uh, I was thinking about this yesterday, and I thought, what's the one thing uh, uh, that God really did uh, uh, to bring the people out of Egypt? What is it that he did uh, uh, that convinced Pharaoh to let them go? Uh, and we know what it was. It's the Passover. Wasn't that right? Uh, up there in Exodus chapter number 12. Uh, uh, flip over with me just a minute, if you would. And let's remember some things about the redeeming, uh, uh, some things that the Lord did to redeem uh, or to save the children of Israel. Now Exodus chapter number 12, let's read a few verses uh, and I just want to show you a few things just real quick. There's some things uh, I believe we need to remember about the Lord's redeeming. Now uh, notice with me in verse 1, the Bible said, 
And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt. Now they're still in Egypt at this time, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Now watch verse 3, speaking to all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto the house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Verse 5, the Bible said your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year and shall take, and you shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. Now, let me give you just a few things just real quick. I want to say this. It was a provisional lamb. We know the story this morning. How that the Lord's getting ready. We didn't read it this morning, but the Lord's getting ready to tell them that he wants them to take a lamb. Uh, a lamb for every man a house. Uh, and what he's going to do is they're going to take that lamb, and John, they're going to put it up, they're going to prepare that lamb, uh, and then they're going to kill it. After they kill it, they're going to go outside their house, uh, and, and they're going to take the blood of that lamb, and they're going to strike it on the doorpost uh, uh, over the top of the door. Uh, and, and at midnight, the Bible said that the Lord's going to send the death angel uh, up to the land of Egypt. And he said, when I see the blood, uh, I'll pass over. Isn't that right? But the houses uh, of the the blood had not been applied, the firstborn uh, would die. The firstborn of all the land of Egypt uh, uh, would die. So the children of Israel uh, uh, would, could escape this uh, uh, by having the blood applied. What a picture that is, by the way. Uh, uh, aren't you glad this morning that the only thing uh, uh, that protects us from the wrath of God is the blood that's been applied to our heart and life. I'm glad when he sees the blood that he passes over you? Uh, but notice with me this. I want to say it was a provisional uh, lamb. Now you say, preacher, what do you mean by that? Uh, well, notice verse number three. Uh, the Bible said, speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel. What about that? Uh, the Lord said this applies to everybody. Uh, it wasn't just one person. It wasn't just the priesthood. Uh, uh, it wasn't just Moses and Aaron and their friends and their family. Uh, but the Lord said speak unto all the congregation uh, of the people. Uh, uh, you've heard me say it before. I'll say it again. All means all and that's all that all means. Uh, aren't you glad he provided a lamb for everybody? Uh, aren't you glad it was available to anybody? Uh, Y'all ain't helping me too much. Uh, but aren't you glad this morning that all the congregation uh, had the ability for judgment to pass over them? Uh, uh, they had the ability for blood to be applied. Hey, can I say this this morning? I'm glad the Bible said, uh, For God so loved the world uh, uh, that he gave his only begotten Son, uh, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, uh, but have everlasting life. And that is available for everybody. Uh, uh, that's exactly right. It's good for the rich, for the poor. It's good for white. It's good for black. It's good for yellow. Let's go ahead and nod your head. It's good for all men, women, boys, and girls. It's for the whole world. It's for whosoever will. It was provided for everyone. You say, preacher, you don't understand. Listen to me and listen to me well. If I'd have had to been rich, I'd have never qualified. If I'd have had been good looking, I'd have never qualified. If I'd have had been intelligent, I'd have never qualified. 
But all I had to be was a sinner. And because of that, we all qualify. Aren't you glad it's everybody is available to have the blood applied to their life? So I want to say it was a provided lamb. But let me say this. It was a personal lamb. Look with me in verse number 3 there in Exodus chapter 12. Now notice this with me. The Bible says, Speaking into the congregation of Israel, saying in the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man. Notice those next two words. A lamb. Now notice that. I, I, I make note of that in your mind or in your Bible, whatever you want to do. I, but notice in verse 3, the Bible said, Every man shall take unto him a lamb. Notice that. I, a lamb. Now, look with me in verse number 4. Watch what your Bible said. And if the household be too little for, mark those next two words, the lamb. Now watch this. Let him and his neighbor next into the house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your camp for, notice those next two words, the lamb. Now look with me in verse 5. Mark those first two words in your Bible in verse 5. Your lamb. What about that? Can I show you something? In verse 3, it was a lamb. In verse 4, it was the lamb. But then in verse 5, it was your lamb. What about that? And you say, preacher, what are you going to do with that? Let me say this. I'm glad the Lord is a personal lamb, aren't you? I grew up all my life knowing there was a lamb. I knew, John, all my life that God loved the world and that he sent his son. I knew there was somebody that had died for my sins. I, I knew there was somebody that had shed their blood. I knew there was a lamb. I, but then there come a night in my life, Brother Chris, I, I, that he didn't just be the a lamb, but he become the lamb. I, I realized that he was the Lord. I, I realized that he was God. I, I realized, Lord, he was the perfect lamb of God and that he shed his blood. I, but the, I'm about to come slap on glued. But then, thank God, they come a night. I got down to verse 5 I, and he wasn't just a lamb. I, and he wasn't just the lamb. I, but thank God about it, he become my lamb. I, they're coming out. I realized, John, he died for me. I, that if it had been nobody else, he loved me. I, and he died for me this morning. I, aren't you glad it's a personal lamb? I, these people in churches all over the country I, know that there is a God. I, and knows, that's exactly right. I, these people in churches all over the country I, that know there is the Savior. I, but if you ever been to a place where you realized he's your savior, he's your lamb, he's your God, it's a personal lamb this morning. What brought him out of Egypt, it was a provided lamb, it was a personal lamb. Now listen to me, I won't, I won't bog down on this just a minute. Wonder where you're at this morning. If you don't get anything else, I want you to get this in this message. Wonder where you're at this morning. When you think about the Lord, is he a lamb? Is he the lamb? I wonder if he's your lamb this morning. Can you take yourself? I'm not asking you to take me to a physical place necessarily or even to a physical time. But I wonder if there's a time and a place in your mind where you think back and remember when you made him yours. I, I listen to Now listen to me. I was thinking about uh, this week. I slept about me and my wife when we was dating. Now listen. I, I'm going to help you young girls with something right here and you young men too. Uh, I'm going to tell you something. The Bible said, now stay with me right here. The Bible said, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. Isn't that right? Now let me show you something. Do you realize when you're young girls, when you're dating a boy, 
or young boys, even when you're dating a girl, she does, well, I'll, I'll just pick on Allie and Noah. That'd be all right. <laughs> Do you realize that right now, now, the way I understand it may not be too much longer, but right now, Noah, she is not entitled to submit herself to you at all. Boy's getting off quiet. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. Isn't that right? You know who she submits herself to now? Kenny Mosley. That's exactly. Go ahead and nudge it. It's exactly right. But you know what happened? Now listen to me. That when, that, when a wedding takes place, you know what happens? That daddy will walk that daughter down the aisle. And whoever will say, who gives this woman to this man? When he says her mother and I, that's more than just a good time to take a picture. That's more than just a time for everybody to wipe her eyes. What he's saying is it's a changing of the guard. That's what he's saying. He's saying she submitted to me. I've been the head of her home. I, I've been the one she looked to. But now I'm handing her to you. Isn't that right? And it's not until that day that she becomes his. That's exactly right. It's, are you with me? Now, I know there's a courtship, and I know, there's, I know all that, but it's not until that day that she becomes his, and he becomes her. That's exactly right. Can I show you something? Now, watch this. They know, they know there was a day that Allie said, there goes a boy. Well, I'll hip you out in the world. There goes a man. We'll make it a little bit better. <laughs> then there was a day that she said, there goes the man. But there's coming a day that she'll say, he's my man. Is that right? Now stay with me. Are you with me? Now stay with me this morning. I, 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 I'm, I, I'm trying to help us. Can I say this? I believe there's a whole lot of people that's infatuated with the idea of the Lord. That they know that he, they know John, there's something different about, they know that, they know that he's God, they know that, and he's a lamb to them. And it may even, you may even point this one where you know he is the lamb, that there's nobody, that's what Allie's saying, that the fact that she's hung around Noah this long says, there's nobody else like him, John, isn't that right? She sees something in him she doesn't see in anybody else, but it's still, she's not her husband, that right? You can know with a head knowledge that there's nobody else like the Lord. You can understand that there's nobody else that could have died for you. You can have a head knowledge that knows uh, that he's able to forgive your sins. But until he becomes your lamb, uh, that head knowledge is of none effect this morning. That right has to be your lamb. What about that? Watch this. So we see the... We see that it was a, a provided lamb. It was a personal lamb. Let me say this. It was a pure lamb. Watch verse 5. Your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year, you shall keep it from the sheep, or for you shall take it out of, from the sheep or from the goats. So not only was it a provided lamb and a personal lamb, uh, but it had to be a pure lamb. Brother Kenny hit on that a little bit this morning about how uh, that it was kept pure. It was kept without blemish and without spot. It had to be pure in order to atone for the sins of the people. Uh, but notice with me in verse number 6. The Bible said, now notice what he said to do with this lamb. You shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly, the congregation of Israel, shall kill it in the evening. It was a prepared lamb. Now watch this. The Bible said you shall keep it up. You know what that meant, John? It meant you'd pull it aside separate. It was prepared for one reason. 
that right? When it met all those criteria, when it when it when you realized that it had to be it had to be provided in order for you to go free, when you realized it was your lamb, it was became personal. You realized you made sure that it was pure. You realized it was it was spotless. It was a, a perfect lamb. Then it was set aside and prepared for one reason. You say, preacher, what was it? To die. That's exactly right. That lamb, Ronald, that was going to be the atonement for all mankind, for the, for the, for the that man, if it had been me, if it had been me and my wife, I'd have went and got a lamb, Kirk, because I didn't want to see my young and die. That right? That's exactly right. And I had to make sure, John, that it was, it was pure, it was spotless, it was without blemish. It had become my lamb. It had been provided. All those things would have been true. But if it never died, if blood was not shed, then my young and my family would die. Isn't that right? It, it was prepared to die. Can I tell you something about the Lord this morning? Before the very foundations of time, he was prepared to die. You know that? It didn't take the Lord by surprise. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, God didn't look around and say, what in the world are we going to do now? Oh, no, friend. But long before creation, the Lord knew he'd have to die. Is that right? You say, preacher, why did he do it for me and for you? You know why that lamb had to die? So the firstborn could live. My, my, my. You say, preacher, what are you saying? Jude said it'd be good for us to remind us of some things. The first thing he reminded us of, Kirk, he reminded us of the redemption of God. He reminded us that a lamb had to die so that we could go free. I'm going to say something. Don't, don't laugh at me. I, some, of you, some of you young boys especially will think this is funny. I'm not being funny. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to show you a biblical principle. You realize that an ass or a donkey was considered an unclean beast. Is that right? In order, in fact, Brother Corey, a uh, 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 Hebrew ought not even touch a, a donkey because it was unclean. But they needed them, John. So you know what had to happen? A lamb had to die for an ass so that it could be redeemed. Now, I'm not being funny. And I, I preached that before. I don't know if I preached it here or not. But I preached a message before a lamb that died for an ass. And I'm not being funny. But you know what you and I are? We're that old donkey that's unclean and unfit and by nature ought to just die. But a lamb that was perfect and that was spotless and that was without blemish, a lamb that was clean and pure, a lamb died for an ass so that we could live. You're, that's what happened, friend, on Calvary. The darling lamb of God died so that we could live. He was buried so that we could resurrect. That's exactly right, friend. That's the redemption of God this morning. Jude said, I want to remind you of the redemption of God. Now watch this. We see the reminder, we see the redeeming. Then I want you to notice with me the rebellion. Now the Bible said uh, over in Jude, you don't have to turn if you want to, you just keep your places there, I'm going to read it to you. The Bible said, I therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, now listen to this, afterward destroyed them that believed not. Now, I want you to get the picture. The Lord's done great things. This Passover's happened. Pharaoh, uh, the Bible said Pharaoh told Moses to take his people and go. I'm paraphrasing, of course. 
Bible said they left. Uh, the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and Pharaoh took off after Moses and the children of Israel. Uh, they come to the Red Sea. You know the story uh, how the Lord took, parted the Red Sea, and they walked across on dry ground. Uh, then Pharaoh and his armies chased them across, and the Lord let the Red Sea come back and granted Pharaoh and his armies and his chariots and his horses. We know all that. I mean, the Lord's done great things, John, to bring these people out of Egypt. He's done great things to save them out of Egypt. But then the Bible said that afterward he destroyed them that believed not. That seems puzzling, doesn't it? I mean, that seems to me strange, John, that he's done all this just to destroy them. In fact, we know, if you're, if you're studying your Bible at all, you know that only two men that saw Egypt were ever entered into the promised land. You know who they were? Joshua. And Caleb. The rest of them died in the wilderness. The Lord let them wander for 40 That's what he's talking about. They destroyed them. He let them wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Till they all died off except for Joshua and Caleb. They never got to see the promised land. You say, preacher, what are you saying? There's a truth there that the Lord wants us to see. We, re- we see some things to remember. We see, the, we see his redeeming. But then I want you to notice with me the rebellion. Now you say, preacher, what are you going to say about that? I want you to see something about their rebellion. I want to say this, while the congregation of Israel knew that God had a plan and that he had already performed many great works in their life. Now, I want you to think about that just a minute. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to hit this slowly. Think about everything. There's no way I cover it all, but I, if you stay with me over the next few weeks, we're going to look at it. I want you to think about everything in the life of the children of Israel that the Lord had done to bring them out of Egypt. From the time John he called Abraham out of the land of Urchadiz, to Joseph, to all these, all these things that have been done. I want you to think about everything the Lord had done. How could they ever look back and say, God did not have a plan to get us? Are you with me? When he called Abraham out of the land of the earth, he promised him a land that was flowing with milk and honey. God had a plan then, Leona, for where he'd get the children of Israel in the book of Joshua. Right? But because it wasn't in their time and it wasn't their way, they rebelled against God. They knew he had a plan. They knew he'd worked in their life. Think about the great things they'd seen. Think about walking around and seeing a cloud, of, uh, a pillar of cloud uh, during the day and a pillar of fire at night. You know what that was? God has given them air conditioning in the day and heater. At night. That's exactly what he's doing. He's giving them something to cool them off in the day uh, so the sun wouldn't scorch your back. He's giving them something to heat them up at night so they wouldn't freeze. Uh, he took care of them. Uh, think about, listen to this. Uh, what about some little two-year-old boy come out of Egypt one day? Uh, uh, now, those of you has got youngins and grand youngins, you'll know this. I, uh, I was picking on Corey and Amika's boys a minute ago, and I said, where'd y'all get them boots at? And uh, they told me, they said, we got them at the boot store a couple years ago. And I know that's a lie, because they ain't never been a young and wear a pair of boots two years. Uh, uh, it might last about a month, and you outgrew them. Uh, but do you realize that's what happened? They come across the Red Sea. I've got Bible for this. Somebody's going to look at me like I lost my mind. But Leona, they come over the Red Sea. Had no doubt there's a mama leading some little two-year-old boy girl along. Had a pair of sandals on. And 40 years later, that same young and I had on them same shoes and the same clothes. I, that's exactly what God done for them. I, uh, you say, preacher, how'd he do it? I don't know. That's what the book said, uh, uh, that their clothes didn't wax old. That's exactly right. Uh, now you say, preacher, what are you saying? There's no way they could say, God, you don't have a plan for our life. 
If God didn't have a plan and a purpose, why would he have done everything he did? Fed a man in the wilderness. Ain't that right? Let the quail, fed him quail, man, and all the things that he'd done. No doubt he had a plan. Now you say, preacher, what's that have to do with me? Well, I want you to watch this. They knew he had a plan. They knew he had a purpose. But I want to say this. They did not believe that he could bring them into the land. While they knew Ronald, he had a purpose. Think about all the things they'd seen. I mean, they'd seen him appear to Moses. They'd seen him in the, uh, in the pillar of cloud. They'd seen all these things. They'd heard the stories. They'd seen the Red Sea part. They'd seen all these great things. And they knew he had a plan, and they knew the things that they'd seen. Yet they could not believe, Leona, that he was God enough to actually bring them into the land. You say, preacher, I don't believe it. Turn with me, if you would, book of Numbers. Numbers chapter number 14. Numbers chapter number 14 real quick this morning. Numbers chapter 14. I'm almost done. Bible said in verse number 1, And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. And the people wept that night. Now I'll tell you what's happened in verse chapter 13. They've come almost to, uh, into the, uh, to, to the Jordan. They've come and they've sent in the 12 spies. And they've come back and Joshua and Caleb give their good report. And the rest of the men gave the evil report. And then in verse 14, the Bible said, chapter 14, verse 1, the Bible said, All the congregation lifted up their voice and cried and the people wept that night. Preacher, why did they do that? Well, look with me in verse 32 of chapter 13. The Bible said, And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched on the children of Israel, saying, The land, though, we have, though which we have gone to search it, is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. All the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. They come back and said, listen, it's just, they're just too big. There's just too many of them. It's just too bad. You don't understand how big these men are. In our own sight, we look like grasshoppers. Just imagine what we look like to them. And the Bible said in chapter 14 that all the congregation wept that night. Everything they'd seen seen John come to the Red Sea and God part the sea and let him walk across but now because there's some men in the land they say well Lord I don't know what you're doing but you're just not God enough to get us into this land. That's exactly what they said. Everything they'd seen, everything God had done now they said you're just not God enough to do this. Is that right? Now watch this. You say preacher what's that have to do with anything? Well I want to say this. Let me read the scripture to you. Verse 2. All the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt. And what about that? Now Kirk A. said, If it's going to happen like this, I wish to God we had just died back here in Egypt. My, my, my. Or would God we had died in this wilderness. Wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said one to another, watch this, let us make a captain. Let us return into Egypt. 
Now, there's so much preaching right here, and more than likely that's what we'll be tonight yeah, when we come back. But I want to say this. There's some dangerous things happening in chapter 14. They've let, the, they've let 10 men, a small group. My soul, there's a lot of preaching right here I wasn't planning on getting into. They've let a small group among millions, 10 men. Isn't that right? I mean, just a small percentage to come back and say, it's just too bad. We just can't do it. And now the Bible said the whole congregation, all of them, are crying and they're weeping, and they've turned against the man of God, which was Moses. God raised up man, the Moses to lead the children of Israel. Isn't that right? And then they said, let us choose a captain. You know what's about to happen? There's about to be a church split. Don't lose me. It's getting real quiet, but just stay with me. That's what they're saying. Now listen, God had already raised up a man to lead the children of Israel. Isn't that right? He'd raised up Moses and sent him to be a deliverer for the children of Israel. He was the one that was supposed to lead them. He was going God's way. But they've let ten men come in and cause division among the congregation. And they said, let's choose us out a captain. Isn't that right? I hear them now. Look at Moses. He ain't that much. He stammers and he stammers and he can't talk plain. He ain't really all that great. Let's choose out a captain, somebody we can be proud of, somebody we can look at and say, that's a man, and let's go another way. That's what they said. Yeah. Getting ready to be a church split because of 10 men. Let me just say this. This won't cost you nothing. Some of the most dangerous words I've ever heard as a pastor is when somebody called and said, Preacher, I'd like to talk to you about a problem in the church. Me and four or five others got together and been talking. That's some of the most dangerous words you'll ever hear in a church. Boy, it's getting awful quiet. I wasn't planning on going this way, but I believe I bogged down just a minute. That's some of the most dangerous words you'll ever hear. Me and four or five others got together and got to talking, and we think you ought to do this, or we think you Let me tell you what you do. You, you're happy with something. I tell you what, dude, I'm not being funny. I'm not, being, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm trying to give you Bible. I tell you what, dude, you need to talk to one other person about it. And I tell you who that is. You find yourself alone somewhere and get to praying to the Lord and ask God to straighten it out. That's exactly right. He's the one brought us this far. He'll be the one to bring us through that. It's a dangerous thing for four or five to get together and get to complaining and murmuring and moaning about everything that goes on. It does nothing but stir up strife and stir up conflict. It's stir up a spirit of rebellion. That's all that it does. I'm not talking about against the man of God. They weren't just rebelling against Moses. They were rebelling against the Lord. They just needed somebody to murmur against. Isn't that right? It's exactly right. Would to God would just die in Egypt. They, ten men, they said, let's choose how to captain uh, and return to Egypt. Bible said in verse 5, then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. Can I show you something? I, God help me, I'm trying to get away from this. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, uh, which were with them that searched the land, rent their clothes, and they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, the land which we passed through to search it is an exceeding good land. Uh, so we got Moses and Aaron, they fell on their face before the assembly uh, and began to pray. Joshua and Caleb rent their clothes. Uh, uh, now watch this. Verse number 8. Bible says, For the Lord delight in us, and he will bring us into this land. Give it to us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. But there's four men in a text uh, uh, that are spiritual enough to say, Listen, I don't care what it looks like over there. If the Lord delight in us, he'll give it to us. Is that right? Now watch this. Verse 9. Only rebel. Not ye against, notice those next two words, the Lord. It wasn't Moses they was rebelling against. It wasn't Joshua and Caleb they was rebelling against. They was rebelling against the Lord. 
What was an apostate? That's what Jude's dealing with. Remember, it's those that deliberately go against the things of God. Those ungodly men that deliberately go against the things of God. Watch this. Bible said in verse 10, that all the congregation bade stone with them stones, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. So they rebelled. They believed Leona that they were that he was God enough to get them that far, but they did not believe. Verse 9, only rebel not against the Lord, neither fear ye the people for of the land, for they are bred for us, their defense is apart from them, and the Lord is with us, fear them not. They left their circumstances and what they saw. They rebelled against God because they were more afraid of a giant in the land than they were the God of glory that had brought them that far. Isn't that right? Now listen to me. Stay with me. This is it right here. I'm tying it all together and I'm dying. They knew, there was no doubt, John, he had a plan for their life. But because they didn't believe that he was God enough to get them into the land, they rebelled against him. Rebelled against the things of God. Rebelled against the man of God. Rebelled against the people of God. And rebelled against God is what they were ultimately doing. Now you say, preacher, what do you say? Listen to me. There's a difference between a head knowledge and a heart knowledge. And I believe with all my heart there'd be somebody here this morning. And they've got a head knowledge, John, that God has a plan. They believe in their head that God is able to save sinners. They know, I knew from a little boy that the Lord, that God loved sinners and he saved sinners and you didn't have to die and go to hell. But when the question was posed in my heart, that night as a seven-year-old boy, John, it wasn't whether or not he could save sinners. The question was whether or not he could save me. Are you with me? Ronald, they'd seen all the great things God had done. They'd seen him appear in a cloud of fire and a pillar of fire. They'd seen all the cord. They'd seen him part the Red Sea. They'd seen all these great things. But now it wasn't was God able to do anything. It was can God bring us into the land. You say, preacher, what are you saying? They believed he had a plan. They believed he had a purpose. But they didn't believe he had the power to save them. And I say this, I believe if somebody here this morning knows God saves sinners, knows that God has a redemption plan, you know, you've heard all your life, for God so loved the world that gave his only begotten Son, who said, believe in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. But you're just not willing to put your faith in him that he can save you this morning. That's what it takes. It's personal. You've got to realize, John, that he can save you. You've got to put your faith in him that that thing that looks bigger than anything you've ever seen, that he's able to save you from that. That's what it was. They'd never seen giants, Brother Corey. They seen those giants in the land. They said, that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest men we've ever seen. We've never seen men like that. We've never laid eyes on anything like that. I just don't know if God can do it. But he'd met every other need they'd ever had. And it may be something this morning. You look into the, you look into the, you look into the land that you could say, you look at being saved, and you know you need to, and you know God's dealing with your heart. How about you look in and all you can see is the giants of sin and things you've done and things you've said and places you've gone, and you see this giant before you, and you say, I just don't know if God can. But can I tell you something? He can this morning. He didn't bring you this far to let you die on this side. Is that right? He, didn't, he had every intention, John, of letting them go in. And he'd have made a way for them to possess the land. But because of their rebellion, you know what Jude said? Watch, 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 listen to me. Listen real careful and I'm done. Jude said, afterwards destroyed them 
that believe not. You say, preacher, what are you saying? There is a punishment this morning for rebellion. There's a punishment this morning. God's done too much in your life. He's brought you too far. Do you realize the hand of protection he's had on you for you to be here on August the 2nd, 2020? It's getting awful quiet, but that's all right. Do you realize the grace that it took to get you in a Baptist church on August the 2nd, 2020 to sit under sound doctrine, hear a gospel message, be able to sit through an invitation? Do you understand the grace and the, and the mercy of God that he's already showed to you? He didn't bring you here this morning to die and go to hell. But if you rebel, you refuse to believe, there is a punishment this morning. In fact, you'll read... Can we read it real quick over in Numbers? You still there in Numbers? Let's look latter part of the chapter. Let me read you a few verses and I quit. Verse 29, real quick. I promise, I'm done right now. Verse, well, let's look in verse number 26. The Bible said, and the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmur against me? I've heard the murmurings of the children of Israel which they murmur against me. Say unto them, as truly as I live, saith the Lord, as ye have spoken in mine ears, so will I do to you. You know what he said? Mm. He said, you won't go back to Egypt and die? We can do that. Is that right? Yeah. Watch what he said. It's getting awful quiet. As ye have spoken in mine ears, so will I do to you. He said, if that's what you want, if you just soon die, if you just soon die in the wilderness, if you just soon die in Egypt, we can take care of that. Can I show you something? Listen to me and hear me well. I'd be afraid Sunday after Sunday, service after service, to walk out a door and say, Lord, I'd just soon die and go to hell. There may come a time the Lord said, if that's what you really want, I'll just give it to you. Is that right? Watch what your Bible said. I'm going to show you something. Watch this. Verse number uh, 20, 28, uh, verse 29, your carcass shall fall in this wilderness, and all that were numbered of you according to the whole number from 20 years old and upward, which have murmured against me, doubtless ye shall not come into the land, concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein, save Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. But your little ones, which you said should be a prey, them will I bring in. They shall know the land which ye have despised. But as for you, your carcasses, they shall fall in this wilderness. And your children shall warn in the wilderness forty years and bear your whoredoms until your carcasses be wasted in the wilderness. After the number of days in which you search the land, even forty days, each day for a year shall you bear your iniquities, even forty years, and ye shall know the breach of my promise. Uh, I, the, I, the Lord, have said, I will surely do it unto this all, uh, the, this evil congregation that are gathered together against me in this wilderness. They shall be consumed, and there they shall die. And the men which Moses sent to search the land, who returned, and made all the congregation a murmur against him by bringing up a slander upon the land, even those men that did bring up the evil report upon the land died by the plague before the Lord. But, the, but Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were other men that went to search the land, lived still. And Moses told these things, and all the children of Israel and all the people mourned greatly. Now you say, preacher, what happened? Because of their rebellion, because of their failure to believe, because of what they did, there was a retribution. That's exactly right. The Lord said, all right, I've had enough. I've, now listen, yeah, somebody said if Moses and the Lord had ever gone on the same page, 
that God would have wiped out the children of Israel long before he did. You say, preacher, what do you mean? Let me tell you what happened. Moses would get mad. It's just like a pastor. It really is. I'm being honest. Moses would get mad. He'd say, Lord, just kill him. And the Lord would say, no, Moses, I, I, I've got a plan for him. Is that right? And then the Lord would say, get ready to wipe them out. And Moses would say, Lord, now you know, you know they're doing the best they can. In fact, he interceded at this time. He told the Lord, he said, if you kill them, everybody will say that the, the people you brought out of Egypt, that you wasn't able to bring them into the land. But you know what the Lord said? He said, even if they do, there has to be a payment for their rebellion. Is that right? It had gone too far, John, and there had to be a retribution. And every last one of them died before they entered in. You say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying, listen to me, listen to me well. You know this morning there's a head nod. You know a lamb, you know the lamb, but until he becomes your lamb, you're not saved this morning. Allie, if she went right now and bought something, you know what she'd write on, what she'd sign her name as? She'd sign her name as Allison Mosley. Is that right? She's not a brown. Is that right? Go ahead and nod your head. As close as it may be, Jessica, she's not a brown. It's not been made official. And until he's your lamb this morning, you're not a Christian. You're not saved. We've made this thing so complex more than it really is. Just because you say you're a Christian doesn't make you a Christian. Can I tell you what a Christian is? It's being saved by the good grace of God. It's accepting the Lord Jesus and making him Lord of your life. That's what being a Christian is this morning. Everything that comes to church isn't saved. Isn't that right? My soul, friend, I'm not trying to make you doubt your salvation, but there is coming a day that judgment will fall for rebellion. And I'd hate to sit in a church time after time knowing that God saved sinners. Knowing the things I'd seen him do. Knowing the great things I'd watched him work in my life and other people's lives. And sit there and say, Lord, I know you're good enough for everybody else. But I just don't think you're good enough for me. And die and go to hell. What a sad, sad thing. I'm not trying to scare you this morning. But we, there's been much said the last little bit. Brother Kenny, go ahead and cut their live stream off. I've been much said the last little bit about